three, two, one. So I was uh, I was out in the world today, <laughs> oh, no. which is an unusual occurrence. I can tell you that <laughs> I was out in the world today for a end of the semester celebratory lunch with um, my colleagues at the the literary journal that I work at. Um, uh-huh. This was a lunch, so I got, I had like started my day at a normal time for me, which was not morning, but not quite afternoon, and had like had just had coffee, which is normal <laughs> for me. By the time I got to this lunch, right. it was twelve thirty, and I was running on on fumes and coffee. And I sat down. I was almost the last one to get there, which is also usual for me. Um, and so they, <laughs> you're a wizard. You arrive when you mean to. I know. To. I arrive precisely when I mean to, which is always exactly. always late. Yeah. So slightly late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I sit down, and they're like, the wait, the waiter was like, "Are you ready?" And I was like, "Huh." So I was last. Everyone <laughs> at the table. It's twelve thirty. Everyone at the table ordered a margarita, and oh my gosh. so it was this moment of like. I've had in my head coffee they were no they were lovely they did not pressure me to have but I also didn't want to say like I've only had coffee so I I left the lovely establishment at slightly before two in a state of (laughs) mild let's just say I floated on through therapy uh Did you, you basically four locoed yourself, right? Like you caffeinated and then had a drink. <laughs> you know, I didn't manage to have a four loco. I was that, I was of the time of four loco, but I. As was I. Yeah, but I didn't manage it then. So I, yeah, I managed it now, but it was much better than a four loco. It was the, yeah, I didn't right. get a margarita. The drink is called oh. Donde Están Mis Pantalones. Which, well, I know what? it just it tastes like juice. Yep. It's where, a really where uh, <laughs> where are your pants? Why? My pants were they? on my body. Please tell me I had tequila. Oh, in it now. has mezcal in it, which I prefer. Ooh, okay. yeah, All right. good, good, good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah amazing. And that now I'm great. here. So hello. <laughs> yeah. Hi. I'm Sam. <laughs> the lush in the corner is Sam. <laughs> I'm Sam and. I still have my I'm pants. I am still wearing. I am still wearing <laughs> pants. <laughs> Hero. I'm Steph. Yep, yep. And I, I, I'm I have pants. Do you both have pants on? You know, sometimes <laughs> I worry what? when I walk outside. I, you know, going out in the world, like you, you were implying, it's it's different. It's unusual. And strange these days. Yeah. It's unusual. Whenever I go out to like the market to get food or whatever, mm-hmm. um, meet people outside. I still have the thought of, oh my God, am I wearing pants? <laughs> and I absolutely have to look down at my body. Because you know how your body just gets desensitized to things touching it? I freak out and go, oh my God, am I wearing pants? And most of the time, <laughs> happily, I am. Wait, most of so. the time? Ooh. Stephanie. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Is this like, no, I don't want it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. It's like Wallace and Gromit, where I'm wearing the wrong trousers, oh. kind of thing, you know. Sure, and Wallace and that Gromit. is an yep. excellent, oh, 
Excellent reference. An excellent yes. reference. Yes. Are you also yeah. still afraid of that penguin? That penguin was nefarious, and I stand by it. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. Terrifying. His that train sequence. His eyes. Sorry. I love penguins though, but that penguin yeah. malicious. No. Absolutely. He For was sure. playing up Trauma. on everyone's love of penguins. Yep. Oh, he's cute. That's fine. Yeah. Train sequence murder. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. That stop motion must have been just horrifying to come <laughs> to. Can you imagine? Bit yeah. by bit, just disintegrating oh your love of the penguin. Oh. <laughs> Sam, I love the malintent that you attribute to this penguin. Mm-hmm. Like, not the, not the writers creating the penguin. The penguin himself is cashing in oh, yeah. on people's love of oh, penguins. Oh, yeah. No, that penguin knows what's up. Absolutely. A little mastermind penguin. I mean, thinking about, like, worldviews and paradigm shifts, mm. I mean, today's episode, we're going to be talking about world building. Oh, yeah. So that's exciting. Not just trains, Ooh. but world building. <laughs> yeah. Are, are the I don't think there will be any good? penguins, malicious or beneficent. Ooh, I love that word. Ooh. Ooh. True. So, yes. True. But we'll be talking yeah. about magic systems, science systems. Yeah. Are they conflated? Are they different? Um, here in this podcast, yeah, that's called. That's a good place All to be too. This is a podcast. Yes. Oh yeah! <laughs> Every single time I sound like I'm not quite sure it's happening. Like I don't think I've ever delivered that line. <laughs> it's we've done it a few times now. The it's like not to. my first rodeo, and every single time, right? Like, is this a <sighs> wait? Okay, yeah. wait. Did I do it? Yeah, you're right, Steph. Are we sure? You are. Yes. <laughs> You are correct. Uh, lest we forget, this is all the YAs. Indeed, this is all the YAs. A podcast. A podcast. For, for whom? My, <laughs> it's a podcast. Well, we could say it's a podcast Dare we to dream? YA fiction. There we go. Yep. Right. Okay. And, We're 66% um, of the, the way there. Yep. Right, right. The, the audience <laughs> to which we are... Performing and um, creating for uh, could be considered and construed as younger and or older. Did I do the tagline? When you say it like that, <laughs> yes, it just did. accentuates it. the like <laughs> inanity of that statement. <laughs> I just <laughs> what the kids today enjoy is over explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we will be also then coming up with a new podcast after a new podcast tagline after this. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, except no. for not really. I stand by it. It, it I stays. I like it. it yeah. just, it's great. Oh, I love it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully it came yeah. through. So here we are. Did I say who I, I am? I can't remember. I, you did. <laughs> Don't no, no, you did. Miss who, who are you talking about pants? Wait, pants doesn't just mean pants anymore, does it? Oh god. Where is my mind? Well, because <laughs> you you all introduced yourself and confirmed that you are in fact wearing pants. Oh, right you're now. right. Oh, thank you, Sydney. Right. Yes. Oh, thank you. It's the information that the people Also, for know. the record, <laughs> that one drink that I had was like over 8 hours ago. So this eight is hours just all yeah. natural <laughs> right now. <laughs> this is high from remembering yeah it's a yeah. good it's Sunday a good drink it's a good Los drink that's right the other pertinent i hope you all yeah. think about it yeah i think about it a lot the other pertinent um piece of information that we should say about this episode yes. and subsequent episodes is that it's a multi-part 
It's a fun multi-part mini-series within a series. We're doing a couple of episodes. I know. I'm excited. We're doing a couple of... (laughs) Thanks for getting the ball rolling, Steph. (laughs) We're doing a couple of episodes on magic and world building and... And in this, this episode, it's it's just the three of us per use, but in... Um, just the three yes. of us. We can make I it if I. we try. Oh, that wasn't what you were going for? <laughs> just the two of us. <laughs> you and yeah. I. Just yeah. the two of us. I tried to us. make it work grammatically. Okay. okay. The three of us. Yep, 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 yep. And yep, yep, yep. as always, we should prepare the listeners. Uh, oh, buckle right. in for spoilers for the Netflix series shut on bone and swearing yeah it happens yep because it does we cannot be held responsible for our actions please don't hold me responsible no no fucking way for my (laughs) actually we hold ourselves probably very responsible for our actions yeah i do enough of that on on my own let them rip let them rip don't that's what (laughs) yeah audience we don't need your help we're on it thanks wait oh my gosh you can let them rip right into your pantalones <laughs> Just bring it all together, huh? <laughs> bring it home. Bring it home. In uh, subsequent yeah. parts of this mini series within a series, we will talk with friend of the show Grace Fassington uh, about. Uh, I don't Love even her. know. We'll get there. It's fine. Moving forward, stuff. She's got stuff. Yeah, well, she's got stuff to say, and we have stuff to say. She in talks about things, things and words. Does that pique yeah. your interest? Yep. <laughs> and ideas. I have the like gla- the line from Gladiator like Are you not amused? <laughs> Is that not the line? <laughs> oh, no. no. Are you not entertained? Oh no, it's I not the of... line. <laughs> it's not the line. But oh, you could no. also say, Are you not into trains? Like the penguin the tra- <laughs> screaming <laughs> the at you. Trains. <laughs> Choo-choo, motherfucker. <laughs> There's the swearing. We did it. Yeah, there it is. We're on it. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Better than the, dag- the Die Hard tagline. That's right. What's the Die Hard tagline? Choo-choo, nope. motherfuckers. Nope. That's, oh, my Maybe God. Kaye. That's right. Nope. Oh, my gosh. Merry Christmas to Die Hard fans. Wait. That's the Die Hard tagline? Well, not the oh. tagline, but I, right. It's like the, that's the famous quote from that. It makes movie, right? an Maybe episode Kaye title Kaye from Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah, makes Kaye. so much more sense to me. Oh, there you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Have you never seen Die Hard? I have not. <gasps> I know. Uh-oh. I mean, I hadn't seen it before last year. Yeah, I have yeah. not. Tis the season. Yeah. I've been told. I'm not opposed. It's just never. Yeah. It hasn't been my time yeah. yet. Yeah. You're a wizard. <laughs> Who gets really famous movie lines wrong? <laughs> <laughs> What's the famous line from Star Wars, Sam? You know, the one. Something about fathers. <laughs> this could be a new game we play. <laughs> yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. That's from Star Wars. That could, Wars. Be, a new, could be a new game we play at no. the end of each episode. Okay. Messing up tagline. Yes. Messing up quotes. I love, I love it. it. Yep, I love that, Sydney. Yep, yep, yep. We found no. it. Yes. Oh. Improv. It could be any of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Beautiful.
So, um, circling back to the world building part of this episode. Yes. Um, I'm very interested um, in small science, how it's described in the TV show, mm-hmm. um, and how I think about it, especially in regards to uh, science versus slash and mm. magic systems. Mm. So, um, in the TV series uh, that we've watched, we have small science being described as, um, especially I'm thinking of, um, you know, post panty dropper scene. Um, <laughs> Let it be known as Ben Barnes. <laughs> Heretofore, um, <laughs> Ben Barnes and Alina are discussing uh, her newfound power, mm-hmm. and he describes a small science as not creating, but pulling from existing matter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, before we kind of dive into the particularities of how that system works, potentially works, how we understand it, I wanted to kind of bring up the idea of matter, um, because we have the materialki who manipulate matter as we understand it today, perhaps, um, in more superficial terms, where you're kind of pulling different objects together, maybe elements, uh, materials, material, um, and combining them in ways uh, to make new things, um, but still not creating, combining to make something new. Um, And how I understand the small science to be described as matter is um, kind of anything within our universe that has a, an atomized form is how I understand it. So we have this atomization in this universe where if you're summoning matter, if you're summoning light, there has to be um, a material form of light. So we might think of photons, I suppose, um, or particles or wavelengths of light that Sun Summoner can pull together to mm-hmm. form her own mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, light source. So, with that in mind, um, small science, so interesting to call it small science, too, um, because the Grisha seem to be very concerned with um, delineating themselves from magic. So, by calling it small science, Mm -hmm. I I get the idea from the TV series and my own impression um, of magic versus science that the Grisha want to be clear that they are participating in the physical realm of those who cannot interact with matter. So they are perhaps trying to appear essentially less frightening um, to those who can't um, interact with matter the way that they little can. Little palace, small so science. By, right, little palace, small science. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Uh, thanks, Sam. Yeah, little palace, small science. Um, don't fear us. We are you know, living within the same physical realm that you are, but we have kind of a different ability to attune ourselves to these material aspects mm-hmm. of the universe um, and be able to manipulate, um, not create, but produce from those materials. So that's my take on that. Um, and also kind of to bring in the concept of technology. Mm. Um, just thinking about technology as the Merriam-Webster definition. Of... <laughs> okay, apparat. Apparat. <laughs> Reporting out. Um, okay, listen though. I didn't go for the English Oxford. Okay? Yeah, it's true. All right. I didn't have to sign in. Yeah, right. you're, you're to my university account. You're an apparat so of the people. Apparat of the people. I want that on a shirt, please. Shadow and Bone podcast merch. I see yeah. it. I see yes. it happening. Crossover event yep. of the cultural geist history. Absolutely. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yep. So 
So the Oxford English Dictionary definition that you didn't pull was... Oh, thank was. you. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Which I also <laughs> noted that I said Oxford English. Oh, I said English Oxford. I didn't notice that. It's Oxford it's, English. I didn't yeah. notice that. It's OED. OED. It's OED. Time nature, well, but I didn't say OED because yeah. I was like, no one's going to know what that is except for us three. Oh, my gosh. And then I mixed it up. Okay, cut all that and pretend. Here comes the... I didn't look at the English Oxford Dictionary. I'm just anyway. going to start yelling at my cat whenever I'm like, Christopher, cut that section. Yeah. He's just, <laughs> Chris, Christopher. Christopher. He's just lying on the end Christopher from production. Bed. Yeah, yeah. Our man in production who is my cat sitting on the end of my bed. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Yeah, so uh, Miriam, Webster, Miriam, 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 Miriam Webster. Webster. Definition. <laughs> yep. Thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> Okay, uh, the definition of technology is the practical application of knowledge, especially in a particular area. So if we think of this more general definition of technology, we can perhaps argue that the Grisha are the technology. Um, they're applying their knowledge of matter in order to produce something else. Um, and they're at odds with or at war with um, technologies made from objects, I suppose. You could say guns, um, that comes up in the TV show a lot, of the second armies becoming obsolete because we have a different technology that is kind of separate from Grisha production that is being produced. Um, and becoming more effective. And is becoming more effective, right, right. So that's uh, the world build, and I want to say magic system, right? But I think um, the TV series, as it stands, would rather us say the science system. Yeah. Um, or at least the Grisha would uh, of this universe. So that's where we are. Well, that, I mean, that um, totally makes sense. Your readings, uh, it makes yeah. sense that uh, they would want to try to make themselves look less um, troubling to people who don't have the same abilities. Because if Ben Barnes is trying to not be nailed as the heretic... Like, he's got to look as innocuous as possible. And so yeah, he's got right, a, his little right. palace and his small science, and, like, no one would ever suspect him of of dabbling with Merzost um, because we right. do the small science. Yeah. Right. And would we call uh, Merzost the magic system of the universe? Um, because that is more akin to the occult, right? If I'm not mistaken, I only have that one scene to go off of mm-hmm. in the TV the show. The only distinction um, that where I he have. And Bagra are there. Okay, sorry, go ahead. The go only ahead. distinction I have in my head, and Cindy, jump in if you have more nuanced answer to this, is the distinction that we've said is that like one is a creation act and the other is a making act. It's it's not producing something out of nothing it's taking from what already exists so i don't i don't know i mean the occult doesn't Mer- really so is seem... it like a draining go ahead yeah sydney go ahead Mer- mare being the creation yeah right yeah precisely yeah so one of the one of the titles i would have to i can't i can't remember this exactly from the books um but one of the i know one of the titles of episode of one of the episodes it's the title of episode three is the making at the heart of the world and that is actually kind of how i understand marisost right i think from more from the books yeah so it's yes, kind of the, like nephos like you're people yes. are supposed to do it it is you're not, not permitted for people right. so to, and you don't know what the results are going to be right 
And what is the mechanic that we're talking about here? Is it taking two things and sapping from them some kind of energy source to create something unknown as a result? I think the only or example we have in the show is um, the explanation of the creation of the fold, right? There is there is Merzost involved with the stag collar that she wears, but that was all the, it was already created before. So right. Um, I think the I think the only example we have is when the heretic creates the fold. He we see him getting all like black and veiny, and he's like clearly yeah. like he is. I think the idea is he is expending some kind of power energy, right? Or sapping right from, that he has. It's coming yeah. from mm-hmm. him. I don't know how he's acquired it, um, but he cannot do it indefinitely because yeah. he is a finite resource um and, yeah so, and i or go ahead steph oh just want to say this is so interesting because um thinking about how we delineate science versus magic in modern terms and thought processes is magic is something that we can't explain with the rational systems that we have in place so even talking about Merzost and not knowing exactly how it's presented um, it seems more to skew towards a magical system rather than mm-hmm. something of small mm-hmm. science. But I think there could definitely be um, ways that they're similar. Um, small science is described in rational terms, um, you know, yeah. pulling from matter that exists. Mm-hmm. But there's still elements of that process that are unknown to mm-hmm. us, um, and perhaps even the Grisha, um, if they'd admit it or not, uh, right. to have a smattering of magic. Um, in their definition of small science too, so interesting. Yeah. I you mentioned the occult too, and I, I couldn't I couldn't think of anything immediately that would work for that. But the this is another name I'm going to butcher, and I'm I apologize. Mor Moritzova. Yeah, Moritzova. Moritzova. Yeah. That is kind of occultish because there are yeah. these there are these occult objects that contain a lot of that have power that they're able to um, amplify other people's powers. And so those might have a kind of occultish feel yeah. to them. And those were created using Merzost. We just don't know how. Yeah. Right. Because right. someone has stolen the journals. Yeah. I think that I would I would have to go back and sort of consult the books. Uh, <laughs> consult the books to remind my memory, right? Because I don't I don't have the best recollection of how she explains Merzost in the books. Um Merzost, Merzost in the books. Um we're um you the know, making we're all really at the flying. heart of the world. Yeah, the making at the heart of the world. We're all I mean, really flying by the seat of our pants here on the pronunciation. Um so I I think that right sort of as you two have been saying, with small science there is it is able to operate within the sort of the natural boundaries of the natural world, right? And that you're creating something from something rather than from nothing, whereas Merzost is, is a, kind of begins to stretch the, the workings of the natural world, right? So we have men turned into beasts, right? Men turned into Volcra. Um, and yeah, you know, animal body parts turned into jewelry. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and- That uh, I'm sure you of, can also find on Etsy. On Etsy, <laughs> yes. Sure. With the right application of spirit guns, yes, you too, you too. <laughs> could be like Elena. 
Yes. Um, yeah. So it's a yeah. It's it's sort of a, it's a a greater manipulation and crossing of the lines that sort of yeah delineate the natural workings of the world. Is I as I suppose what I could give now. Yeah. Really interesting. So kind of. And I want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was going to be a tangent. Tangent us up. Okay. Also thinking about what does it mean to make something from nothing? If, if we have a magic system that is producing something from nothing, there's still kind of not necessarily a chemical reaction, but some kind of catalyst that's supposed to happen. Well, it comes from you, right? The will. Right. Yeah. You have like the will, or sometimes you have that manifested, especially in old witchcraft is like intonation Mm. or singing, um, having that group will come together Hmm. to create Mm. something. Um, I just, I just get very excited about this. this No, no. Can we have a material manifestation of the will? Because then you also have modern cognitive science that's thinking about how the brain works Mm -hmm. in material way, you know, um, chemicals interacting, neurons firing, uh, and that creates the consciousness. Right. Um, So I just, I'm just excited. This is now very off. No, I now I'm thinking about everybody. like what the because I don't think that there is an analog for like be, I mean the closest analog would be the fold right because that is a manifestation yeah. of the darkling's will. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. And if we were to talk more about the fold, please. I, I mean, we already know that I'm darkness, my old friend here. <laughs> darkness manifest That's right. take me to the scary bulk fold i would definitely redecorate that fold I'll, let me tell you <laughs> oh tell me how how what would you do <laughs> throw pillows like definitely some throw pillows yeah, it would be more it would definitely be more hygge <laughs> do you know Steph? you're looking at did me like s- i'm i've just like hiccuped did you say more hookah <laughs> No, but that might that might be good. No, this there's this concept where it's like it's a I, I'm it's a I think it's Danish. Kevin Kevin says it is Huga. I, yeah, Huga. but it's either Danish or, Danish or Swedish. Yeah. yeah. Um oh. where you make something comfortable and it's like cozy and inviting and usually there's Ooh. like tea and fuzzy socks and like a lot of throw pillows. I'm not sure that's the that's, that's the aesthetic lovely. I would go for, but it definitely needs a little bit of something, something that like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyways, that sounds very dark academia, which is kind of perfect mm-hmm. for the vibe and for you. I'd have yeah. more. Look up I'd dark have academia more sparkly lights for sure. There'd be a lot more like cafe tea lights. We'd like the Volker and I Ooh, would sit down yeah. and have Turkish coffee together, and we <laughs> and philosophize where they went wrong. That's right. Oh, <laughs> when did you well, first realize that you loved eating humans? Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> those initial feelings of wanting to rip people's heads off. When did that start? And do you consider that cannibalism? <laughs> this is a good question. How much? How, how much, much do you remember you have to, be to cannibalize? <laughs> this is a good question. Yeah. When you became a next Hulk, episode, stop becoming a human. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think next okay. episode we got to interview a Volcra. Okay. Yes. I'll Boom. bring Christopher on. <laughs> and I... 
our producer and my cat. Okay, I yes. feel like there are much more intelligent thoughts that are coming out of other people's mouths. So let's move on. Let's. <laughs> let's I definitely want to talk oh, about the cut. The cut. We have yeah, we have fold. a lot of questions. Sydney has thoughts about the cut. Steph, you have a question that I think is going to break the podcast. So let's just yes, questions about the. Wow. Oh, break it. Oh, I just wanted to um, continue the conversation about um, shadow summoner Mm. can only summon shadows. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is how he created the fold. And shadow is condensed and stuck in that position. Um, How that positionality happened, we don't know. It was just part of the the result of the Merzos that he Mm -hmm. used. Um, What I want to know is... Why can't he, because in uh, different scenes, um, we hear him talk about this too, he creates uh, a cut, the cut, he calls it, that summoners can do. And I'd love to see someone else do this who's not a shadow summoner, like a tide maker, um, or even a light summoner, you know. <laughs> that would be the most useful to hmm. see, and it might have already happened. Questions? Hmm. Anyway, he could potentially write take the fold and condense it even more into Is this cut, like a black hole? Which he could, yeah, he could launch it into space. But, I mean, that's the solution for all of, you know, kind of Earth's issues, mm-hmm. right? It's like send the billionaires to space, send <laughs> humans to space. But he doesn't, what if he he doesn't just want to up? condense the fold. He wants to expand the fold. But this is what I'm saying, though. It's like, Alita should be thinking more. <laughs> she should be... <laughs> this is a total this could be a fix and she should fixate on it and be like yo bb ben barnes you could just turn this into your own giant the cut launch it into space like radioactive material and then it's no longer a problem but is that possible within the systems that we see is my big question about that so I'm going to answer with more questions or yes. facts yes. and additional questions, okay? Oh, so yeah. the cut, I had a whole write-up for the cut, too, because I kind, I find the cut fascinating. And unfortunately, we can't talk about this as much as I want to until we've all read the first book. I think, Sam, mm-hmm. you probably know where I'm going with this, having now read the first book. Um, so Spoilers. Sam's spoilers. read books one and two. Sam's book, read books one and two. And Stephanie, as always, is behind. <laughs> well, to be fair, but to be fair, it was not an assignment. I was just like, now no. I get to read the books, and I now I can do this. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, okay. So, what Ben Barnes tells us, yay, in episode two is right because Alina's like, what the heck was that? What the hell and did you do, dude? Yes, he says it's something only a summoner can do, and he suggests using it only as a last resort as in the ambush. It's not explained very well what it is. And in fact, we do not see a summoner of the Etherealki order ever use the cut. And so besides he ben says Barnes. besides Ben Barnes. Yeah. So yes. So I I feel that even just saying that it's something that a summoner can do is misleading because there is no Squalor, Tidemaker, or Inferni. That's just like, psh, right? Uh, <laughs> so. I love the noise. Yeah. Part. With psh. the hand gestures. Psh. I know. I know how to. There goes your head. Yep. I do it. Yep. I do it. Boom. I did it. Uh, I did it. Yay. Uh, <laughs> so. Look, mom, no hands. Yes. And so it's, it's frankly not really explained very well. And honestly, I don't think it's explained in really in the books either. 
Yeah, Sam is also. It's nope, just supposed to be head. hard to do. Like it's. It's just hard to do. Yeah. Yes. Oh no, I have qualms. Mm. I know. Okay, so it's got to still be like some manipulation of matter, right? So as to create a blade, and they can manipulate it and wield it without actually holding it, right? Which is where he brings in that sword comparison. You know, she's like, "Ugh, I hate that you did that." And he says, "Well, would you have rather I had used the sword?" And she says, "I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know." And and she's like, look, I've got blood on me. Like, I can't deal with this. So I actually, in my, like, notes for this, right, I have, like, two bullet points with that stuff in it. And the third is, how do they do this? Ex- <laughs> you know, question mark, question mark. What kind of matter manipulation is this? Question mark, question mark. Um, you need to know. And, and it is, in- the only other thing that I can sort of bring up and point to, right, is... So we first see the Darkling use the cut in the panty dropping ambush scene. And then any right, and then he says afterwards, only something something only a summoner can do, requires tremendous skill, would only use it as a last resort. Like that ambush. And then as the show goes on, he uses it increasingly more, right? As he gets it's more a, and it's more. It's a good desperate. party trick. It's a great party trick, right? So he tries to use it on Kaz when they're in the alley, but misses. And then this, I would, I don't know if you all would remember this, um, but he does try to use it on Mal in the fold, I believe, in that fight sequence. Mm-hmm. And I actually am still not clear on this. I rewatched it like, I rewatched that, you know, 30 seconds sort of multiple times before <laughs> we came to record tonight to try to pin down what is happening in that scene because it seems to me there are one of two options. Either he tries to create the cut and can't, because he, he kind of, so basically he makes the cut gesture and, and there is some sort of sound, but it's not clear if anything, if anything actually happens and comes of that. And then he kind of looks at his hands and they're shaking slightly and he, oh. he looks sort of, he looks kind of confused or, or dazed or something. And he's scared and he's kind of, he's distracted because the, he, the Volker are circling, right? And it's not clear, you know, right, what they're attitude towards him is going to be or towards anyone else other than their general attitude of i like to eat humans i i kill um, you yeah i kill you right are you my dad <laughs> yes i know are you my daddy <laughs> so wait sydney i'm not trying to like jump your explanation here but like is your question or is your theory that like the cut cannot be cre- produced in the fold like well that's what i can't wondering. because he's in the fold so he can't cut in the fold yeah, that's what I, I don't know. Question. Oh, so, so the alternative David has a finger. The alternative, sorry, David, not to cut off David's finger. The, the alternative <laughs> issue. <laughs> you cut the finger. Was that, so the other, was that intentional? <laughs> no, it was not. Um, <laughs> sorry. Murdered with words. I've been murdered with words. <laughs> I'd like to report a murder. <laughs> David has been slain. David's finger has been slain. Oh no. Um so either David's either I think he tries again. Yes. Either I think he tries to summon and he can't, or he does summon successfully, but he misses again. Right? And uh, he's like looking at his like hands like, like what, what the is hell, up with hands? me and my aim? Get it together. Right? Exactly. Like he misses. We have with a Kaz. boring love triangle to sever. Right, he misses with Kaz, he misses with Mal. So that that's that is a genuine question. Mm. Is he either able to is he either unable to summon the cut in the fold 
Or he just misses and he's mm-hmm. like, I'm losing my touch. What's going mm-hmm. on with me? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, let's restore David's finger. David, resurrected. I almost did the middle. <laughs> um, is this Sorry. before or after the bone is shot out of his hand? Oh, after. after. I think that might be part of the It's the, possible. The issue then. Because it's, it's his amplifier and but no one he's, else can do it. He's an amplifier himself. Right? Which That's is the only like, thing. not explained at all. Not, I don't understand. We'll get, we'll get to it eventually. Okay. I think. born of a bone. Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, maybe, maybe stiff, maybe that is it. Um, I guess my, my wondering about that. It's just a variable. Yeah, my wondering about that is, like, okay, that was an amplifier he just got, and he was able to do the cut before he had that amplifier, so, and he is an amplifier himself. I don't know. Oh, no. This is when my memory melts. When did he get the bone in his hand? It's only episode seven. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. We can cut all that then. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's good thinking. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm an idiot. We're walking through the possibilities. <laughs> but okay. it, right, like I don't have any answers to any of your questions, Steph, because I just have my own questions. Yeah. Same. Yeah. More questions on top of those questions. I think this is why we need to bring Lee Bardugo on. Be like, all right, explain the cut explain. to us. How can he cut? How? <laughs> yes. The cut. More questions than answers. Yeah. Yeah. Other than it, that is a part of, it is a part of the small science that I genuinely don't understand, but that fascinates me, obviously. Right. Because it's not just a moving yeah. of the matter. Like, right. presumably I've like, you know, moved some fire around. Or I've like moved right. some tidal wave around. It's a yeah. It's a changing of the properties of the yes. matter, such that yes. darkness could suddenly become a blade. condensed enough to be a, a blade. Yeah. Yeah. So then the other maybe explanation for his like wild explanation that all summoners can do it is just to kind of throw her off his scent. I suppose is a possibility. Possibly. Where she's like, "Whoa! I have never seen or heard of anything like that." He's like, oh, everyone can do it. It's just difficult. But it could just be his specific shadow summoning condensation of shadow matter mm-hmm. that only he can do as the the big bad right. of lore. So, yeah. More questions with that. Yeah. This is why this is why I think that Alina and the Darkling should be in their own category. Of special right. summoner? Of special summoner, which is why I created the category of special summoner. Yes. Well, yeah. as we discussed last episode, or two episodes ago, they also somehow inexplicably just live longer than everybody else, because we talked about this in relation to that really great scene with Mal and the Darkling. Yep. That, like, they are not immortal, but, like... They're basically, basically immortal. They're like the elves in for, Lord of the Rings. Right. For right? all intents and purposes, like, they they exist on a timeline that's different from humans. Yeah. So, And also that that's not really explained. Right. In that forest scene with Alina and Mal, she just says, well, he, he's talking about her eating and how she looks, you know, more filled out and how that's a beautiful thing and there's a lot of body positivity happening in that moment. Yay! And she has that aha moment of, that's how they do it or that's how he does it. And then yeah. I wanted to go pause. Wait, what? 
What do you mean? Are they are they sucking energy from, like, they're getting life juice from the earth? Is that how they stay alive longer? So, so yeah. Inexplicable? So, <laughs> my, I guess my thoughts on this. So, I also, I don't think that, correct me, correct me if you guys think that this is wrong. I think that it's special to, like, sun and shadow summoners, right? This, like, super extra long life. Um Right, because Bagra is like the only, right? Like all the all the other Grisha from the fold creation, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. none of those people are around. Right? Well, another thing that makes them special, which is maybe related, is the fact that like there's never been a Sun Summoner before. So like, how does he know she's immortal? That's true. I, I don't yeah. know. Are we just? Yeah. Is it like? Is yeah. it a situation where it's like we're light and dark, and therefore we're immortal? Or are we guessing? I think it's just yin and yang, right? But then also like, there's the darkling family is a specific family, and you have to be. Mm-hmm. There's not just anyone is a darkling. There's one family, to my knowledge, right? And that, yeah, that's it. So yep. not only are they live forever, but they you they're not common in the world. So I mean, maybe it has to do with this special family i i don't know to me it's not very clear it's not very clear to me either i do think that alina has it the same way that he does but i think that it's that this is something that's a little bit more present in the books in the way that they talk about one's physical appearance as a grisha um so like in the books alina is sort of right she's like tamping down her power and then once she accesses it, she, like, it's, I mean, it's kind of, the simplistic version of it is, like, she was ugly before, and then now that she accesses her power, she's beautiful. Because the idea is that, like, when you deny yourself, it wastes you away physically. And when She's, you, uh, like, emaciated. She's often described yeah. as being kind of sickly looking, like a plant right. that doesn't get enough light, kind of. Right. Whereas when you allow yourself to be who and what you are that is when you sort of come into your physical being and you look beautiful because you are allowing yourself to like access your powers and be who you are and things like that. And so I think that with the Darkling and Alina, the idea is that there is this kind of like self-sustaining nature of their power and that the more they use it, like the stronger they are, right? Yeah. And so, and so, and then the, like, the more they use it, the more it energizes them, feeds them and nurtures them to be in, to be in touch with who they are and use what their gift is. And then they end up like living forever. I would love to self-actualize into immortality. That sounds like the best possible result. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was really well explained, Sydney. Oh, thank you. that, That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah. that. And I that. don't have any further thought than this on that, which is to say that I do have some, like, squicky feelings about um, equating coming into one's own with somehow being beautiful. I I hear the reductionist version of that, um, mostly in the form of naysayers of YA fiction in general, which is the female protagonist gets her boobs. Right. And that's the major plot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, then I could I never be that. the plot subject of a YA novel. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm still waiting for that to happen. <laughs> I'm still holding out. I'm still waiting. Hey, maybe I'm going to get my boobs now that I'm, like, reading YA fiction. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, update us. That would be great for the rest of the world to know. <laughs> this is the important things. Right? I mean, I think the I think the novels Ugh. um do treat it more complexly than like, no, she's pretty, right? Like Yeah, that's what I was hearing from Sydney. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it it and I think Sydney you you described this well. Like it's it's not just like now she looks like I don't know Helen Mirren or something. She's all of a right. sudden this beautiful woman. Like she, she is um, a sort of more vital version of herself. She looks more more healthy. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's it's it, to me it, it still feels a little bit like because the Darkling is described as being quite attractive, yeah. and it is one of the reasons that Alina posits in her mind is like, oh, because he's just using his powers all the time. He's like. Not holding back, basically, and he looks good doing it. He looks good because he's doing it. It's it's causal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, what is Ben Barnes's skincare routine? Yeah, these are the important questions because I need it. Again, Ben, we know you're listening at this point. You yeah, ha- you have to be. In. Ben, you gotta be. You gotta be. If <laughs> give us a not ring. for your own safety, for something else. Uh, you gotta, <laughs> please tell us how you keep your skin so clear. So supple. Yeah, just like well, well no wrinkles. I went to the hairdresser today and I looked in the mirror and I was like, fuck, like those wrinkles. Well, you know, Sydney, you just got to start summoning more light. And I know. True. <laughs> There's a solution. It has been so hard and I haven't done it because I don't want to click on my keyboard and make noise, but it's been so hard not to Google Keftas while we've been talking. Like I just. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a whole ep on Keftas. <laughs> Anyways, um, I I think this is interesting because to me it's a little bit contradictory, right? When to what my next thought is, which is that okay, so when when Alina, for example, is using her powers, she feels the most herself. But one of the things that I notice, which I think might be somewhat contradictory, is that like a lot of the way that the show at least presents her coming into her power is through pain um mm-hmm. so for example right. uh when the when the testers come to uh see if children are grisha they 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 prick them they like kind of stab them and this like somehow the body reacts with pain and that's supposed to alert the testers right but the way that alina gets out of this is that she already she holds the the shard in her hand and she she creates pain and then it like somehow fools the testers. I don't really know how, right? Um, but there's also like Bagra is a very like old school nun style, like Catholic nun style instructor. Like she's got like, she's got a ruler and she's like, you know, like hitting Alina and like, so there's physical pain, but there's also the kind of mental pain or emotional pain mm. that Alina feels. So Bagra's and her techniques include not just corporal punishment, but like emotional stress. And in those in the peak movements mm. in the show, it's maybe it's for dramatic effect, right? It, this is this is fiction, but in the the peak moments of the show when Alina is learning to control her power, Bagra makes her angry, and it it is when Alina is angry that she is able to summon. Um, I can't remember exactly what she she uses to kind of trigger her. It's something about her being an orphan, and she asks her questions. Yeah, she, she drugs her. She does that. <laughs> she makes she, her walk through her painful she does, childhood. She does do that. She kind of, like, re-traumatizes her to get her to, like, access yeah. those feelings. Um, right. 
I think she, are you referring to the question? Doesn't she ask the question, Sam, like how many other children have to be orphaned yeah. in this war? Right. Yeah. 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 While you just kind of like yeah. twiddle your thumbs. Precisely. And then there's, of course, that key, the key thing she says, which is, this goes back to the, what we've been talking about, that like, she says, you protected yourself by denying yourself. And Alina says, I was protecting Mal. And Bagra says, where is he now? And then she says, who are you holding back for then? Like, he's not here. Bring the light. Um, and so when she's in the most pain, when she thinks Mal has betrayed their friendship, that's when she's able to summon, really, for the first yeah. time. And to be in control of her power. Yeah. Um, right. And she has Genya, right? Erase the scar which is her history, it's her past, and she denies that, right? Mm-hmm. So she's coming into her own by also denying herself in a new way. There, there doesn't exist very much time in the first, in this uh, season, right, in the series so far, when Alina isn't having to deny some part of herself to fit into others' expectations of her to fit with people that are dear to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's maybe the most, this is not new information, because Sydney, you've been tooting this horn the whole way through, but I mean, that's the most compelling reason for why she and the Darkling are so well-matched, right? Because yeah. she's alone. I mean, there's no one yeah. else like her, and he says Basically, I'm the closest thing to like you that there is and there's ever going to yeah. be. Um, and we can just kind of be like, like clings to like or like, like follows like, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Until Ben Barnes is a baby, right? That could be a shadow summoner and then there's another, but he just right. wants to have babies with Alina, so. I don't feel that that was a part of the show. <laughs> was that a part of the show? <laughs> I feel like that it's the slow it's the snow globe yeah version. okay that's a yeah that feels like a snow globe shaking up there a little bit to me well but I but I mean right I bet but I mean by that that like yeah it runs in his family the shadow summoning right yes, yes. so like if right. he had a child in the way that Bagger had had a child yeah well he's had a lot of time and he's not done that yet so true that we know of true mm. mm-hmm. yeah yeah with the the pain mechanic too it also uh, it makes me think about how it's kind of bringing together the more conscious spiritualist mechanic that I was thinking about with will mm. enacting something into existence mm-hmm. and kind of combining it with the physical. Mm. So you have that manipulation of the consciousness for someone's spirit in order to have them produce something in the material. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really interesting, hmm. too. I'd love to pick Lee Bardugo. I'd love to pick yeah. her brain. Bardugo's brain about why she chose to go with pain. Yeah. Is it just because it evokes, like what you were saying, the kind of corporeal punishment? Um, is it corporal? Corporal? Corporal punishment? Corporal. Corporal. Corpus. Yeah. One of those C-O-R-P's. Corpus. <laughs> yeah. Corp. <laughs> yeah. Like to hearken to the the old schooling systems of making people do things yeah. and having pain be the instigator, or 
it's just such an interesting mechanic to have in yeah. place in a universe that Sydney, you've been describing as kind of self-actualizing. Yeah. Why does pain have to be the gateway into self-actualization mm. when the rest of the universe is built around, you know, inner strength? Yeah, well, we've been talking a lot about Grisha and suffering, and I don't think this connection is necessarily made by the show and the books, but there is something to be said maybe for, right, the Darkling is like, Grisha suffered too, like, this is his, this is his kind of stump speech where he's like, I have to make the place safe for Grisha, but he also still makes them eat, like, peasant food and and things like that. Um, And so if being Grisha means like, that you are foundationally constituted by a system of pain, then, like, that, I don't know. I mean, that on, a like, a macro scale might map onto the fact that Grisha suffer. This doesn't seem to be cause and effect, but, like, there is, I think there's a, there's a thread running through here. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Ah, so interesting. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to touch on just super briefly is... Uh, I think that the the element of faith and religion that's present mm-hmm. in in the show is is really interesting for a lot of reasons. Um, one of them being that like it's just not super. Is that a finger, David, or is that a hand? No, it's it's a. I thought it was a potential finger. It was like I'm waiting for the finger. No, no, I'm just ah. I'm just moving my body. Cool. Uh, <laughs> it's I, it's not a feature that's I think very prevalent in um, contemporary series. Um, yeah, I agree. And so there's there's the there's the iconography, of course, which is uh, it's a book that draws a lot from Russian folklore and culture, and so like saints and iconography is is um, important there. But it's also a concept that is important to how um, power works in in the books, and I, I find that fascinating. And. You were you said fate? I think you cut out. Sorry, faith. That's a key word. Faith. faith. Yeah. Yeah. That the the apparat uh, tells Alina that faith is is stronger than is a stronger motivator or will. Speaking of how to manifest will in the world, that faith is as as powerful a motivator as anything else. Yeah, mm. and I I think what I really appreciate is even though we see Kaz's suspicion of or annoyance with Inej and her faith. I think that the show itself presents Inej and her faith in a very positive light. Right? Yeah. And I mean the right the moment when she sees Alina give her performance at the Winter Fate and she says Sancta Alina and the look on her face, I mean the actress just nails that. Mm-hmm. And and she's right and it, in that moment. Kaz yeah. is wrong and she is right. Yeah. Because Kaz And has she's been, proved right. Right. Kaz has been trying to figure out this whole time, like, tricks and mirrors. Like, they've got reflective glass. And Inez is saying, like, no, she, she's the sun summoner. She can summon light. And yeah. she's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, right, it's not his last line because his last line is, like, uh, what do we got to do next? You know, we need a heart render. We need a blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, he's planning. But Scheming. he's planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's scheming, but his some of his last lines. Then I can say some of his last lines are that he says, "I don't know whether she's dead, but she is a saint." Right, and he comes to acknowledge in a way that it seems clear he hasn't before. In Nezha's faith, faith as 
something that exists, right, as a motivator and as something that can be real, real to him in a way that it hasn't been before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I want to dive into William James's pragmatism. Ooh, I think. <laughs> but we have one minute Kaz left. <laughs> is our, Kaz is our consummate pragmatist. And so he's now, exi- yes, now he, he exists in a world in which he can, yep. he accepts right, as he sees evidence yep. that this thing is real and therefore, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you for indulging me. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. find, I think you're totally right. I think. Absolutely. That the show is committed to making Inej not only like a serious um, character, but someone who whose thoughts are to be respected in the world of the show. Like she is treated with, um, which I feel a lot of shows like to have that trope character of the one who has the mm-hmm. faith and never really give what we have in this show, which is that moment of she is right. Right. She is right to have faith. Um, and a lot of other shows or fictions like to have the trope just remain yeah. Um, so that other characters can kind of brush against them and push against them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really interesting that they actually fleshed it out, fleshed the faith out, as you're saying, Sydney yeah. and Sam. So That would be another, I mean, if we get Lee Bardugo on here, that would be another thing I'd want to talk to her about. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, well, my friends. Another well, wonderful conversation. Thanks for a great chatting. A great time. Every time we're like, oh yeah, we'll be done by that time. Oh yeah, there's no. Oh way my god, we'll like never. Be, I think this is our longest one. Oh yeah. How <laughs> oh my we, god. How could we possibly talk for an hour about world building? I don't even know. And then, <laughs> whoops, it's two hours. <laughs> All the YAs is a podcast recorded and produced by Steph, Sydney, and Sam. But we couldn't do what we do without our many collaborators, including Stella Bowman, Pam Locke, Olivia Milroy Evans, and Cecilia Christman. Our theme music was composed by Nate Kuhn. Our cover photo captured by Sean Malik, and our logo designed by Lara Musser. And many thanks to you, our listeners. Contact us at alltheyas at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We love getting your questions, comments, suggestions, and any shit about YA that you think is funny. Thanks for listening. When you have a beard, do a lot of your sound wavelengths or other people's sound wavelengths get absorbed in your beard? Wavelengths and secrets? Wait, and crumbs. Wait, this is based. (laughs) It doesn't make sense because the mouth doesn't bring in sound. I guess this is a question for if your ears are very hairy. <laughs> what? Oh my god! <laughs> my name is Kerrigan the Darkling. <laughs> just bring it back. I just, Help. I just want to say, for the record, that remember when I had said we didn't need a lot of banter for this intro, and now we've created oh no a musical. <laughs> <laughs> we can't be trusted with any direction.